This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score in San Francisco in Game 2 of this four-game series. The Giants 4 in the Padres 3. Padres dropped to 35-38, and and the Giants improved to 41-32. and Giants win their ninth consecutive game. Final totals for the Giants, four runs, eight hits, one error. And for the Padres, three runs, ten hits, and no errors. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios on our post-game coverage. A lot to do. We'll hear from Bob Melvin coming up in a little bit from San Francisco might have some post-game reaction from the clubhouse coming as well another crushing loss for the Padres in San Francisco the second in as many nights and there are a couple of things to talk about aspects to talk about in this loss for a second straight night the Padres had a two-run lead entering the seventh inning and their bullpen could not make it hold up and yesterday the story was we came on the opening segment of our post game show and we said we knew the Padres would have to do it differently in the back end of their bullpen well that was not an excuse here tonight because the Padres had everybody available Seth Lugo went five innings one earned run given up Stephen Wilson a very quick sixth inning and then Tim Hill got in trouble in the seventh inning Padres still had a three to two lead uh, heading to the eighth inning Nick Martinez gets in trouble uh, with the Jock Peterson home run in the eighth inning to tie it and then the mix of Martinez and Josh Hader uh, end up uh, giving up the final run in the bottom half Uh, of the ninth inning and uh, in that ninth inning there were three walks including two by Josh Hader after he came in the game to walk in the winning run so the Padres had it lined up they had their bullpen everybody available that you would want available in a close game and they could not execute well enough to hold the lead the other part of this game and this loss was more issues with runners in scoring position for the Padres who at the end of the day Scored only three runs on 10 hits in this game. They left 10 on base. They were 2 for 10 with runners in scoring position and quite simply not good enough. Not good enough. Padres needed more runs in this game. They had opportunities to cash in and get more runs in this game, and they could not find a way to do it. Uh, A lot of examples of that uh, in the ninth inning, Xander Bogarts coming up in a tie game, 3-3 against Tyler Rogers, and a little check swing ground out. Uh, He strands two on base in that situation. Another uh, empty opportunity with runners in scoring position. So you can talk about the bullpen, and certainly we can talk all about it tonight. The Padres just unable to execute in the bullpen with the guys they would want in those scenarios, but also the offense. And we talked about it yesterday for as much as yesterday was about the bullpen and the way Bob Melvin had to manage that bullpen. The bottom line was the offense did not do enough and the offense, again, a part of this story here today as the Giants win the opening two games of this four-game series. And again, uh, the Giants have now won nine in a row. So that's where we are here tonight. Another crushing loss for the Padres. There's no way around it. And against the Giants team that came into this series red hot, the Padres have had a two-run lead late in both these games. And just uh, not executing, whether it's bullpen, whether it's offense. Uh, the Padres are not playing well enough right now, executing well enough to win these games. And you can look at both units, the bullpen on and the offense and Sure, we can talk about whether Josh Hader should have been out there to begin the ninth inning. I understand what the Padres were trying to do, uh, getting at least a few outs in that ninth inning or getting through the ninth inning with Nick Martinez. But uh, went to Josh Hader, and Hader ends up walking two to walk in the winning run. 
Again, the final score, Giants 4, Padres 3. We'll hear from Bob Melvin when we come back. We'll also play the radio highlights for you and break this one down as the Padres have lost really two heartbreaking games uh, in San Francisco. Opportunities to win these games against the Giants. And now the Padres, three games below 500 once again. It has been one step forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back for this team in the first half of the season. Uh, really uh, from the get-go, and it continues. It just continues. The Padres are, um, to me, just not executing well enough night to night uh, to win games consistently, and that's really uh, what they talked about there at the end of the broadcast. So we'll break it all down, hear from Bob Melvin, certainly interested to hear from him uh, once again here tonight. The final score, Giants 4, Padres 3. Postgame show continues after this on the Padres Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, the Giants 4 and the Padres 3. As the Giants come back and beat the Padres for a second consecutive night, the Giants have won nine in a row. The Giants scoring one in the seventh inning, one in the eighth inning, one in the ninth inning. Padres had no answer as the Giants win a one-run game against San Diego, and they walk it off, literally a Jock Peterson walk-off walk against Josh Hader with the bases loaded in the ninth inning. A very, very... Disappointing loss for the Padres, a second straight night where we're talking about the bullpen, simply unable to hold the lead. Yesterday, certainly the story was the guys who were unavailable uh, with Wilson, Martinez, Hayter not pitching. Here tonight, no excuse. No excuse. Everybody was available, and the Padres could not find a way to hang on. And like we said before the break... Part of the the story here is the offense once again. Plenty of opportunities early, late, middle part of the game. Bottom line, Padres went 2-for-10 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 on base, and it ends up being another very, very frustrating loss for the San Diego Padres in San Francisco. We'll hear from Bob Melvin in just a little bit. Let's recap this one in its entirety with our game highlights. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. Another game where it seems like the starting pitching matchup happened an eternity ago, but here we go. Seth Lugo and Anthony DiSclafani both started the game with two scoreless innings. Lugo going six up and six down. In the top of the third, the Padres rallied. Trent Grisham led off with a single. Austin Nola bunted him to second. Fernando Tatis Jr. singled through the left side. Grisham went to third. Juan Soto was next. 0-1 pitch, line the other way, that'll get it done. And over the head of the left fielder, Conforto up against the wall. Grisham has come in, Fernando held it third, and a double for Juan Soto gives the Padres a 1-0 lead. Manny Machado then grounded a ball to first base with Fernando Tatis Jr. on third. David Villar came home with it, but it wasn't a good throw. Tatis scored. Everybody was safe. A fielder's choice, RBI for Manny. Padres had a 2-0 lead. Padres had a chance to add on in the fourth inning. Runners on first and third with one out. But Austin Nola missed a safety squeeze bunt attempt, and Hassan Kim got caught straying too far from third base. He was tagged out in a rundown. Nola then grounded out. And the inning was over. That was a big uh, missed opportunity in this game for San Diego. Giants then got a run in the bottom half. They put runners at first and third with nobody out. A double play ball for Michael Conforto. Scored a run to make it 2-1. to one. That was all Lugo allowed in the fourth inning. Fernando Tatis Jr. led off the San Diego fifth. CU.org. Fernando sends this one in the air to deep center field. Matos is back at the wall looking up. Gonna go! Fernando Tatis Jr. His 15th home run of the season, his third hit of the night. Padres get that run right back. It's 3-1. to one. 
107 miles per hour off the bat for El Nino. Seth Lugo pitched a 1-2-3 frame in the bottom half. He was good in his return from the IL. Five innings, one run, three hits, struck out five, walked one. 66 pitches for Lugo. Steven Wilson then pitched a 1-2-3 sixth inning on just six pitches. On to the seventh inning, Padres still leading 3-1. to one. Tim Hill entered a walk, two singles. The Giants loaded the bases with nobody out. Hill then faced Patrick Bailey. Matos at first, Yastrzemski at second, Slater at third, nobody out. First pitch coming, and a ground ball towards third, Manny's got it. Steps on third one, coming home, it's a tag play. They got him! A double play as they cut Slater down at the plate, and Manny being Manny has completely flipped this inning around. Well, at that time, the Padres still had a lead. Hill then faced Brandon Crawford with runners still on first and second. Here's the 1-0. Crawford swings late, grounds it up the middle. Bogarts can't get there. It's into center field. Matos rounding third. He'll score. The throw goes to second base. An RBI single, Brandon Crawford, and a one-run game in the seventh. Nick Martinez then entered and ended the inning on one pitch, getting David Villar to fly out the center. Padres didn't score in the top of the eighth inning. Nick Martinez came back out for the bottom half. The Padres at that point still leading 3-2. to two. Jock Peterson, though, led off. 2-0 on Peterson, who's 0-3, for 3, and that is sky to deep right field. Fernando goes back to watch. This is fair. Gonna go. Bounces out into McCovey Cove. Home run, Jock Peterson, and a 3-3 game in the eighth. Nick Martinez would get the next three outs, so he went to the ninth inning, still tied at three. Padres had two one-out singles from Juan Soto and Manny Machado against Tyler Rogers in the ninth inning, but Xander Bogarts would ground out to end that inning. I should say two uh, two-out singles from Juan Soto and Manny Machado, but again, Bogarts grounded out back to the mound to end the inning and leave two on. That ended up being critical, and here's why. Nick Martinez came back out for the bottom of the ninth inning, game tied at three. Got the first out, a fly out the center off the bat of Mike Yastrzemski, but then a walk to Luis Matos. Patrick Bailey singled. Josh Hader entered. Gabe Kapler pinch hit with Casey Schmidt. He walked. So, at that point, 3-3 game, bases loaded, one out. David Villar stepped in against Hader. Hader struck Villar out. Two men away. Bases loaded, winning run 90 feet away. Jock Peterson stepped in against Josh Hader. The count went to 3-2. and 3-2 two. Three and two again to Jock Peterson. Here's the pitch from Hader. It is outside ball four. Matos will score on the walk-off walk, and the game is over. The Giants walk it off for a second consecutive night in extra innings yesterday and in the bottom of the ninth year. A 4-3 win for San Francisco. Nick Martinez charged with both runs in that inning, but again, Josh Hader walking two to load the bases and then walk in the winning run as the Giants win it 4-3 over the San Diego Padres. The Giants simply... Finding ways to win any way they can do it right now. Their ninth consecutive win in the Padres the last couple of nights in San Francisco. It has been the exact opposite. Uh, Finding ways to lose these two very winnable games as the Giants win the first two games of this series. And that's the way it went tonight. Padres... Dropped the 35 and 38. Giants improved to 41 and 32. I believe we do have Bob Melvin's postgame audio ready, so let's go back to San Francisco. Hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource. Full bullpen tonight, and the reason that you ended up going with uh, taking Steven out does that have to do with his recent workload? Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we were fine with Hill in the next inning. We we're fine with Martinez. So, I mean, look, you can nitpick all you want. Steven did a good job. We had two other guys in matchups that we felt good about. Had to bring Josh in, and uh, you know, obviously, it was a tough spot, but we had our best guys in the game. You're looking at about. 70 max for yeah. tonight? Yeah, 65-70. What did you think of his? I think it was great. You know, had a little different slider he was throwing to, a cutter, curveball. I mean, for being out as long as he did and really not even having a rehab assignment, I thought he could. He was about as good as he could be. Having your best guys in there, a loss is a loss, but 
this is one you probably would have expected to win more than last night's? Or? Yeah, I, you know, again, we could have probably added on in some spots, and I think that probably ended up being the difference. You know, we got nicked up for some run, one run in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, but, you know, it's, it's you know, they got a big hit when they needed to, and obviously the Peterson home run was huge. You know, it's it's a lot of times what happens earlier in the game that kind of dictates where it goes sometimes. The second night in a row you had something happen, third base. Uh, did Kim get too far down, or did what, what happened on the second Yeah, base? probably just a little too far down at that time. You know, I would, he saw the first baseman creeping in, too, so you try to get a little bit farther down in case he fields the ball. You know, we're, we've been aggressive on the bases. Sometimes it does not pay off. Sometimes it does. You okay with Austin not somehow making contact with that ball? Well, I, look, it's a, it's a safety, too. It, it, it's not a suicide at that point in time. So, I mean, do the best you can with it, right? Machado yesterday against Duvall and um, today in the ninth, too, had some kind of long grindy at-bats. Yeah. You know, what do you like about his approach? This you know, like, we always feel good about him up late in the game. You know, Rogers is a guy that he's gotten before, too. So... You know, the more the at-bats extended, the better you feel about, you know, the outcome. Um, you know, we're just coming up a hit short here. Xander says he's been feeling better since he came back this yeah. break, but still hasn't slugged it really at all for over a month. What are, do you think the, the wrist is still affecting him? What's uh, I, I, he, I don't think he'll use that as an excuse. I just think maybe his timing's not quite there yet to where he's driving the ball. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down inside the clubhouse in San Francisco after this 4-3 loss to the San Francisco Giants. Sam Levitt back with you here inside our San Diego studios on the Padres radio network. And look, I thought Bob Melvin summed it up pretty well there. Padres had everybody available that they would have wanted in a game like this. Now, can we talk about, can we second guess, can we discuss, can we Monday morning quarterback Things like, should Steven Wilson come back out for one more inning after throwing only six pitches? Maybe. Should Josh Hader have started the ninth inning? Maybe. Those are all things that are, in hindsight, fair to fair to wonder about. But to me, it's not about that here tonight. The Padres had everybody available. They had the guys in these situations that you would want in a close game in that bullpen. And they didn't get it done. And at some point, whether we're talking about the situation with Garcia yesterday or we're talking about this game here tonight, it is about the players executing in spots where you expect them to execute. And that does not just go for the bullpen. It goes for the offense as well. You heard Bob Melvin allude to it there, that there were opportunities in this game for the Padres to add on. And it's true. You look at even the first inning, Padres had Fernando Tatis Jr. on second base, couldn't get him in. You look at uh, the additional opportunities they had in the third after scoring uh, a couple of runs. You look at having a couple of base hits in the fourth inning and not scoring. You look at leaving two on in the fifth inning, leaving a runner on in the seventh inning. Obviously, there was that play uh, with uh, uh, with Austin Nola uh, at the plate in the uh uh, in the uh, fourth inning, the the safety squeeze that that wasn't executed properly. Maybe Hassan Kim drifted a little bit too far off the bag, but Nola there probably has to make contact with the ball. It's a very risky play if you cannot get a piece of that ball. And then obviously in the ninth inning as well, Padres had two on with two out. Xander Bogarts at the plate, and yes, there are two men away in the inning. He's facing kind of a a weird righty and Tyler Rogers with the arm slot and all of it, but. You know what? These are the spots where teams that win a lot of games, they find ways to come through and collect a base hit and take a lead. And we've talked about the issues with runners in scoring position all year. And many times in this game, those issues popped up once again. And that's the bottom line. In those spots in close games against the team in the San Francisco Giants, that's won eight in a row. And they're doing all the little things right to win games. The Padres have to counter that. On the offensive side as well, not just the bullpen, they didn't do it enough to win this game. So scoring three runs, many cases, not going to be enough, was not enough here tonight. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network, come back with much more, much more to discuss and interact with you. If you want to get a phone call in, phone number is always 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Final score, Giants 4, Padres 3. We should have some uh, audio coming from the clubhouse as well. So stay tuned for that on the Padres Radio Network.
pregame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, the Giants 4 and the Padres 3 as the Padres lose another very, 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 very disappointing game to the San Francisco Giants. The Padres had a two-run lead entering the seventh inning for the second consecutive night. And you know what? The Giants playing like a team that's just finding ways to win games. Is it any surprise that they've won nine in a row after watching them the last two nights? They're not perfect. They haven't hit the ball all that well in this series. Certainly not like they did uh, against the Dodgers in L.A. where they cranked out 29 runs. But, boy, they're just finding ways to win games. And they did it again here today, scoring a run in the seventh inning. And then the home run by Peterson in the eighth inning ties it. And, of course, uh, the uh, walk-off walk by Peterson in the bottom half of the ninth inning with Josh Hader on the mound. And the Giants win it 4-3. to three. Sam Levitt with you on our post-game show from inside our San Diego studios. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday evening as we wrap this one up. And again, the Padres only going 2 for 10 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 on base. A lot to break down in this game. Let's uh, keep on doing that. Tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's. Ace Pitcher of the Game, brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg, all your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our Ace Pitcher of the Game here tonight, we'll go with Seth Lugo. And you know what? I think deserving for Seth Lugo. Five innings, one earned run given up. He was very, very good in his... uh, Uh, return off the IEL, I thought, you know, gave up one run in the fourth inning. That was really the only inning where he ran into much trouble, gave up a two-out double in the third. But aside from that, every other inning was one, two, three, came out firing, six up, six down. In fact, eight up, eight down to begin the game, struck out five of the first six batters he faced. And that was a silver lining in this game. Seth Lugo looked really good in his return from the IL. So uh, for Lugo tonight, again, five innings, one run given up. But uh, obviously, the unfortunate part, same thing with Michael Waka yesterday, is that it's hard to really look at the starting pitching performances and say a whole lot about them because of the way things transpired later in the game. They just get totally overlooked in games like this. But uh, certainly Seth Lugo, we should acknowledge, was uh, pretty good here tonight uh, in his return from the IL. Certainly encouraging moving forward for Lugo. All right, we continue on our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network as uh, the Padres lose this one 4-3. While we have a moment, let's uh, take a wider look at the major leagues, update you on the home run tally. Which players went deep tonight? This is our MLB Home Run Tally, presented by Mr. Moto Pizza, bringing back the old New York pizzeria experience with fresh, funky, thin crest gourmet pies and the original stuffed knots. With eight locations in San Diego, find your favorite at MrMotoPizza.com. We take a look at the home run tally here tonight, tell you about a number of the different players that went deep tonight around the major leagues. Few players went deep for Baltimore. Aaron Hicks was one of them. Anthony Santander, another. Nolan Jones, a home run for Colorado, his fifth. T.J. Friedel, a home run for Cincinnati, his fourth. The Reds won again tonight, 10th straight win. Ryan O'Hearn, sixth home run for Baltimore. Ellie De La Cruz at his second for Cincinnati. Austin Riley's 12th home run for Atlanta. Eloy Jimenez, his ninth for the White Sox. Dylan Carlson had two for St. Louis tonight. Cattell Marte, a home run for Arizona, but the Diamondbacks lost tonight in Milwaukee. Alex Bregman, his 10th home run. Matt Olson, home run number 21 for Atlanta. Adolis Garcia, number 16 for Texas. Will Benson, second home run for Cincinnati. Mike Talkman's second home run for the Cubs. Jesse Winker's first home run uh, for the Brewers. Also, Elvis Andrews, a home run, second of the season for the White Sox. Jorge Alfaro, old friend Jorge Alfaro a home run his first as a Colorado Rocky earlier tonight Paul's a young 11th home run for the Cardinals Masataka Yoshida a home run for the Red Sox his eighth Byron Buxton a home run for Minnesota his 11th Royce Lewis also went deep in that game uh, against the uh Against the uh, Cleveland Guardians, uh, Royce Lewis uh, is his third home run. Excuse me, not the Guardians, the Boston Red Sox. The Twins playing tonight. Third home run for Lewis. Max Kepler for the Twins hit his eighth. That's a look at uh, a lot of the players that went deep around the major leagues today. Not everybody, but a lot of different players that went yard around the majors.
We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Come back with more, including your phone calls, 833-288-0973 if you want to get involved. Again, the phone number, 833-288-0973. If you want to communicate on social media, you can do that as well. Tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V, or Instagram DM me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Would uh, love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought about this game. I don't think you're going to feel all that good, but I'm happy to interact with your tweet or your DM on the air. And again, we will start taking some of your phone calls when we come back. Phone number 833-288-0973. The final score, Giants 4, Padres 3. Back in a moment on our post-game show on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Giants 4, Padres 3. As the Padres lose another disappointing game to the San Francisco Giants. Padres now 35-38. and 38. Giants have won nine in a row, 41-32. and 32. And you know what? I said it earlier, but you almost wondered with all the injuries and, uh, and you know, just looking at the lineup and, and the team, how the Giants are doing this. And you know what? They're just finding ways. They're a tough team. I mean, the way they come back in games, they had a big offensive weekend in L.A., certainly haven't hit the ball as well in this series so far, but got to give them credit. They're finding ways to come back and win these games. Very tough team, and they've certainly uh, showed that the last couple of nights. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios as we wrap this one up. The Padres now, the best they can do is uh, split this four-game series, another game on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, then back home on Friday, uh, and so we'll see if the Padres can bounce back, but certainly uh, two very, very difficult losses in San Francisco, and we'll get to your phone calls later, and I don't promise to have any answers, but I'm right there with you as far as uh, frustration and uh, confusion, really. Um, you know, trying to figure out how this team goes on that run and, and you felt like winning the few series in a row, they could go up to San Francisco and uh, and really start playing some good baseball for an extended stretch. But it's awfully hard to do that when you lose games the way you lost them the last couple of nights. So here on uh, June 20th, game number 73, we're still waiting for this team to click on all cylinders. And it's something uh, we've talked about at length for weeks, months now. Just for whatever reason, it hasn't all clicked night to night and week to week. And uh, we'll see if the Padres can uh, find that rhythm, find that that clicking on all cylinders that we have all uh, so desperately been searching uh, for here for a while. So uh, we'll see. But obviously, uh, the Padres, uh, another tough day for the bullpen on a day where everybody was lined up. But the Padres, again, allow run in the seventh inning, run in the eighth inning, and one more in the ninth as the Giants win it. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game for a second straight night, it has to be a San Francisco Giant, and it has to be Tristan Beck here tonight. He came in in the sixth inning and puts up three scoreless innings. And why was that so important? Well, kept the deficit at two, and it gave the Giants a chance to come back, tie it, then win it. Last night, we talked about Keaton Wynn going five scoreless innings. They didn't go five, but Beck went three. And for a second straight night, the bullpen for the Giants, and really one guy in particular, threw up a tremendous outing. Three scoreless innings to keep San Francisco right in it. And the Padres could not add on to the lead. And I sound like a broken record now from last night and tonight. But the story here tonight is well beyond just the bullpen not getting it done. It's the Padres not finding a way to add on to the lead, score more runs, execute with runners in scoring position. What it's about. And uh, tip of the cap to Tristan Beck, who, uh, again, three scoreless innings. He's our relief pitcher of the game here tonight. 
All right, I think we have a Seth Lugo's audio ready from the clubhouse. Again, Lugo had a, a really good uh, outing here tonight. Uh, five innings, one earned run given up, uh, five strikeouts, walked one. And uh, uh, we have this audio ready, right, Nick? Okay, we got it all cut, ready to go. All right, let's uh, go back to San Francisco, hear from Seth Lugo. This may be a little bit hard to hear. If it's uh, too hard to hear, we might get out of it. But uh, here was Seth Lugo right after the game. How did you expect it in yourself when you first uh, started back in the Yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I knew I had a little bit of a one-up, so I was hoping to get through five, so that was nice. Have you hoped by that short uh, fifth inning that maybe, or no, that 66 was going to be enough? Um, yeah, I knew that's all I was going to get, so make sure you just get that, that mark and try to help out the bullpen as much as I could. Starting out super sharp, what, what were you most pleased with? Um, uh, you know, a couple of... Uh, New pitches, uh, I think, really helped out my arsenal, but um, also uh, command and uh, location and arm strength. Um, you know, keeping the guys off balance and uh, staying in the attack plan uh, like before I went on the deal. So just kind of get right back into that rhythm without having to worry too much about how that transition was. I can say you more refined the slider. Like, what, what did you work on? Um, a little better, better arm speed, and uh, you know, kind of just comes out a little. Uh, more like my fastball, uh, you know, similar arm spot, uh, arm slot, pretty tight. What did you think of the usage of that pitch tonight? Um, I thought it, thought it worked out well. Uh, you know, it was a heavy left-handed lineup, so, uh, you know, mixed in uh, about the appropriate, appropriate amount of times. All right, that was uh, Seth Lugo from inside the clubhouse. That was uh, sort of hard to hear, I thought. So uh, we're going to uh, get out of it, but hopefully you heard uh, some of that from Seth Lugo. Talked about what he did uh, during the time on the IEL, what he thought about his outing, and uh, sounded like he was uh, encouraged, and I thought he was good. Five innings, one run given up, returning from the IEL, hadn't made a start in over a month. I thought he was pretty good in this game here tonight and uh, certainly showed some really good signs. So certainly a positive and otherwise very Disappointing night here for the Padres. We'll take your phone calls in a second, 833-288-0973. First, let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Well, for a second straight night, we're going with the guy who took the final plate appearance for the Giants. Jock Peterson, our player of the game here tonight. The home run in the eighth inning to win it, and then the walk with the bases loaded in the ninth inning, or I should say, excuse me, the home run in the eighth inning to tie it, and the walk with the bases loaded in the ninth inning to win it. So a home run, two RBIs. Jock Peterson, when you talk about impact, he certainly impacted this game in a major, major way. And that's a look at the player of the game here tonight. As my uh, laptop here is playing uh, a jingle. All right, that should do that. (laughs) Sorry about that. Got to mute my laptop. All right, I'm muted now. Um, Anyway, Jock Peterson. Sorry, that threw me off for a second. Jock Peterson, our uh, player of the game. Look, uh, the walk uh, in the ninth inning, good plate appearance. Josh Hader came in. And look, it's a tough spot for Hader. He already had two on, but... Bottom line is this, Hater faced three batters and walked two in a spot where you can't walk two. So disappointing outing here tonight uh, for Josh Hader. And obviously Nick Martinez walked uh, Matos uh, with one out. That really set the table, the single by Bailey. So it, it was a mix of blame in that ninth inning between Martinez and Josh Hader. And again, Jesse mentioned this at the end of the broadcast. Another disappointing element of these two losses, Giants didn't have a lead until the final pitch of the game on both nights. Yastrzemski yesterday, the home run, the walk-off walk in the ninth inning here tonight. So just uh, bitterly disappointing games. Uh, Season's not over on June 20th, but uh, Padres have to start winning games like this with more regularity and just start winning more in general. And uh, as we've discussed, not only tonight, but throughout the season, there are a number of reasons why that continues to be a problem. All right, let's go to the phones here for a little bit. 833-288-0973. Let's go to Don in Rancho Bernardo. Hi, Don. Hey, Sammy. How you doing tonight? Well, Don, I, I thought, you know, we talked last night. I thought I'd uh, I'd be in a, a better mood here tonight, but I'm kind of back in the same place. I feel like it's deja vu. 
<laughs> yes, unfortunately, definitely deja vu. Um, you know, it's 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 obvious at this point that this team can't hit in the clutch. And once again tonight, I think they were two for ten with runners in scoring position, uh, way beyond the trend. Uh, you know, they found yet another way to lose a one-run game. Uh, so I've kind of, unless they go on a mini streak and get above the 500 mark by July 1st, which is just around the corner, I've kind of resigned myself that the season's officially over. And and frankly, I'll be cheering at that point, believe it or not, for the losses to start adding up. And that way we can become clear sellers at the deadline and begin rebuilding for next year. Now that whole, you know, conversation about who we put on the block is something I'll think about another day. But, um, I'll be a much happier and much more fulfilled Padres fan not to mortgage the future for mm. what I see is really a futile attempt at this point. It's getting more and more futile to attempt to make the playoffs. The wild card's just jam-packed, and I'd much rather bolster our roster for next year. So those are my thoughts, Danny. It's bad to say, but I'm kind of reached the, reaching the tipping point quickly. Mm. Well, well, Don, look, I'll address your, your comments one by one. I mean, look, the, your, your point with runners in scoring position is a fair one. And the bottom line at this point now, 73 games in, the Padres are just not a good team with runners in scoring position until they prove otherwise. Because 73 games is not a small sample size. Look, I, I hope that number is way above 197, but that's where it is right now through 73 games. The team batting average with runners in scoring position, it's at 197. If it stays that way, it would be the lowest team batting average with runners in scoring position by a team in decades with the names the Padres have in this lineup. So, look, it's hard to argue any point with runners in scoring position because until they start producing in those situations, the bottom line is that they've got to prove it. I mean, they've got to start producing at a way higher rate in those situations, and until they do that, going to be hard to win a lot of games with consistency. So that's point number one. The the the, the place where I'll, I'll disagree with you, Don, I don't think the season's over. Um, I even, I don't think the season's over on July 1st. And I would be extremely surprised unless things go really, really poorly in the next month and a half if the Padres are not making a, a push to go to the postseason. You know, look, with the team they have, the money that's been spent, the expectations on this team, there is a true value to getting into the postseason because you don't know what happens. We saw it last year. We see it every year, okay, with, and I'm not trying to make excuses for this team. We're beyond that, but you're always going to have a chance if you get into the dance. So I, I disagree, Don, that the season's over. I totally understand your frustration and why you feel that way after a couple of nights like this. But I still do believe deep down that this team will make a strong push to get into the postseason. Um, and I think they have to. And what that means, what they do with the deadline and, you know, how they approach that, I don't know how how aggressive they get. But um you know, I, I disagree that, that the year is over here on June 20th, but the bottom line is some of the things, like you said, the trends, some of the things that this team has really struggled with, whether, um, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, the thing they've really struggled with is is a consistent offense and hitting with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's the big thing you circle. And until they prove they can do that with regularity, it's going to continue um, to be a, a major, major fault in this team. And that part I can't argue with. It's the numbers, and it's 73 games in. Can they turn it around in a major way in those situations? I hope they have the guys that should be able to do it, but we've been saying that for a while now. So um, I understand the frustration, but I, I do disagree. I, I I don't think this season's over, and I, you know, if I had to be a gambling man, I'd say they go the other way rather than selling. I say it would be more of a push. Um, so we'll see. Let's go to Greg in San Diego. Hi, Greg. Hey, thanks for taking the call. A couple of observations, and um, I'm not going to come down too hard on the Padres, but this this uh, uh, repetitive act is quite old. I was just thinking, money doesn't buy happiness. I'm thinking of slogans here. Money doesn't buy happiness. Names don't win games. I'm watching teams that stuck with or are sticking with young talent, the Cincinnati Reds, the Baltimore Orioles. The Padres seem to have made just so many trades the last four or five years. 
the names are endless. You can even go down the list with the viewers that are listening tonight. I will. I know I won't have enough time to do it. But what what happens when they try to get Austin Nola laying down a bunt tonight? And last night they didn't want Manny Machado to advance runners in extra innings. Bob Melvin has been exposed on numerous times during this season. And the other time was when he pulled Blake Snell last week after 80-something pitches. Uh, he, he's, he's just – the things he's doing is not, are not working per se. Feel free to touch upon his mm. moves and some of the strategies moving forward. Well, you know, Greg, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, look, as far as – and uh, everybody's coming in with a lot of points here tonight. Let me try to keep them in my head one by one. I, got, I might have to start writing down the points one by one. Um on the on the young player part of it, look, the reality is right now, whether it's been because of the trades or just not developing guys for this particular season and guys that are at AAA right now and ready, because the Padres do have some prospects. They're all just young. Um, and look, part of the reason they don't have guys at AAA that are ready, like we see some of these other teams calling up, yes, is because of the trades and all the guys that have been sent away. Uh, look, there, there's no disputing that there aren't those guys that some other teams have ready to go right now and guys you could call up, whether it be a reliever, whether it be a position player, you know, young prospects that are ready to be called up right now. Uh, they're not sitting at AAA. And you can go and, and look at the AAA roster and it's no you know, disrespect any of those guys, but it's not, you know, there there are no Ellie De La Cruz's to call up. There are no, um, you know, what's another guy that's been called up recently? I don't know. Take your pick from another team. Henry Davis, you know, in Pittsburgh the other day. A couple of, couple of guys we've talked about the last couple of days. That Those guys aren't really there right now. Um, as far as, you know, the bunt situation in the, uh, uh, in the fourth inning, you know, I didn't hate the call. Um, but Austin Nola's got to get a piece of the baseball there. And Hassan Kim, probably, I looked at the high home view of it, probably straight a little bit too far away. It's bad execution. And here tonight, look, I know there was a lot of focus on Bob Melvin yesterday with the bullpen. A lot of focus here today. We could wonder if Josh Hader maybe begins that ninth inning. Does it go differently? Does Steven Wilson pitch another inning? Those are fair, I suppose, second guesses. I didn't disagree with it. But the bottom line is, and I'm even talking about last night with Luis Garcia, and here tonight with the guys you want in those situations set up in a two-run game, I mean, what do you want Bob Melvin to do? He's got the guys that you want out there in the eighth and ninth inning right now. Nick Martinez, Josh Hader, uh, Tim Hill. I mean, these are all guys that you would use in these situations. So to me, there are little elements you can pick apart if you want, but it's about these players, at the end of the day, whether it's in the back end of the bullpen or from the offensive side, doing better and doing it more consistently and executing better. I mean, this is a game with a two-run lead going into the seventh inning, and part of it's on the offense for not adding on, but this is a game where the, the back end of your bullpen has to shut the door, and they did not shut the door so and could not get out of that ninth inning uh, and send this game to extra innings. So, Look, there are there are. I, I thought you know if you want to question something, probably last night the the move with Hill and Garcia and the way he went about it, even on a night where he didn't have uh, Wilson and Martinez and Hader available, that was more of an opportunity. If you wanted to second guess, than tonight was. I, I really think that. And look, I've I've held steadfast on this, and I'll hold steadfast on this. I, I just I'm a Bob Melvin fan. I think he's. A solid manager. Every manager has moves in the bullpen that everybody questions. Um, it's hard to manage a bullpen, and sometimes you're going to look like a genius. Sometimes you're not. I I stand firm in believing that Bob Melvin is the right fit for this team with these stars, and um, that's the way I feel about it. And uh, I'm going to kind of stand firm there. You don't have to agree with everything he does, but I I don't think Bob Melvin. Is uh, is the problem, and and is why this team is three games below five hundred. I just don't. So that's the way I stand on it, and uh, appreciate the call. All right, let's step aside. We'll get back to more of your phone calls on the other side of this break, and uh, we'll also have a full look at the out of town scoreboard. Wrap things up. Final score: Giants four, Padres three on the Padres radio network. Our 
postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, the Giants 4 and the Padres 3. If you're just joining us, Padres had a 3-1 to lead in this ball game here tonight. Uh, but the Giants scoring one run in the seventh inning on Brandon Crawford's RBI single. Jock Peterson solo home run in the eighth inning against Nick Martinez tied the game at three. And then in the ninth inning with the game still tied at three, the mix of Martinez and Hader allow a run. Martinez walks batter, allows a single. Hader comes in, walks one, strikes out one, and then walks Jock Peterson with the bases loaded to end the game and give the Giants a walk-off walk. A true walk-off win for San Francisco. The Giants are red, red hot. Nine straight wins, and they're just finding ways to uh, uh, to win these games right now. So, uh, terrific job by them. Got to tip your cap when uh, when you have a team like that that's just finding ways to win. And uh, we'll see if the Padres can bounce back tomorrow. Uh, we've taken calls. We've uh, aired out the frustration. And, uh, look, I, I certainly understand it. And I want to go back to a point that, you know, uh, I think it was Don and uh, Rancho Bernardo made. And, you know, look, I always say this. Two things can be true at once, right? You know, yeah, the, the, these games are super frustrating. Um, and this team is not where anybody thought they would be here on June 20th, 35 and 38. And they've got a ton of work to do, not just in the division, but in the wild card. And there are a lot of teams in it. But I also think that, you know, when Don said to me, if, if they don't turn it around in a week, the season's over, I, I really don't agree with that and I want to go back to something that I believe on the morning show they talked about because I thought it was a really good point and we're getting way ahead of ourselves I want to make that clear but this is a team that in the postseason should be really well set up with hypothetically stars that can deliver that have been there before certainly guys like Bogarts and Manny and Soto and Fernando we know what he can do that has solid enough starting pitching, that has big-time bullpen arms, especially if they get Robert Suarez back and guys that have experience back there in the postseason. It's a team that's set up well. And, And for that reason, I just find it really hard to believe that in July the Padres would totally punt on getting to the postseason. And you add on the expectations, the money spent, the trade for Soto, all of it, I just find it really hard to believe. I I think this team is going to do whatever they can possibly do to get into the postseason. And then, you know, once you're in the dance, we've seen it year after year, you got a shot. And we see teams that are wild card teams win the whole thing all the time now. So, look, I I totally understand the frustration. I'm with you. You know, I'm sitting here in the studio when the team's on the road, and I'm sitting here listening to Jesse and Tony and watching the TV, and I'm squirming during these late innings. I mean, uh, Nick can can back me up. He watches it. Our uh, great studio coordinator tonight, Nick Danucci. But I don't think it's all over, and I want to make that clear. So, you know, let's see. Let's see August 15th, September 1st, September 30th, where we're at. I'm just not ready to uh, to say all that on June 20th. So, but look, no doubt about it. If they want to go to the postseason, they've got to start doing a lot of things better. And to me, it starts with the offense, the runners in scoring position. And again, here tonight, the bullpen, yes, takes the brunt of the blame, no doubt about it. But the offense only scoring three runs when they had 10 hits, they left 10 on base. They were two for 10 with runners in scoring position. It's the same old song, but it's got to be better. And this team is probably going to struggle winning a lot of games in a row and reeling off the kind of run they need to reel off until those things start happening on the offensive side. All right, before we get to our play of the game out of town scoreboard, let's take one final phone call. Lee in San Diego. Hi, Lee. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Lee. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm all right, but uh, I've never been so confused about a, a, a team as I am with the Padres, and I, I'm rooting for them. I'm really hoping they can turn this thing around. And uh, there's not—you can put your finger on several things that they're not doing, or it—it it comes to pitching, and their bullpen has been failing them lately. And. I'm really hoping they can turn this thing around, man, and 
let's start playing some ball, Padres. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's live, live up to your. I'm starting to wonder if this is a San Diego thing. Well, Lee, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a San Diego thing, and appreciate the call, but. You know, look, I think everything you're describing there, Lee, and Lee, when you call in, I uh, I sense the frustration. And uh, you know what? You're you're a fan and you're frustrated and you're searching for answers. That's what I sense. But I think everything you tried to, uh, to describe there is what I said earlier. It's a not clicking on all cylinders thing. And when a team does that or doesn't do that, it can be really hard to put your finger on the pulse of why that is. Now, I think this one is pretty easy to diagnose because this is a team that is built on having stars at the top of their lineup that have to do a lot of really good things nearly every single night. It's a team that's top-heavy offensively with those stars at the top of the lineup. And when you look at the numbers for Manny, the numbers for Bogart, Soto, look, Got off to the tough start. He's been a little up and down, but he's done a lot of really good things. And here tonight, had two more hits, had the RBI double. Uh, you know, Soto's had some really good stretches here and, and has really turned around his season in a lot of ways. But when you look at it from a runners and scoring position perspective, here's all you need to know. Maybe this is something I should have talked about earlier, but I'll bring it up now. There was a great chart from Kevin Acey in the San Diego Union-Tribune today illustrating The difference for the Padres lineup, their players in 2023, their batting average with runners in scoring position, and where they were entering this season in their careers with runners in scoring position. And to me, this kind of tells the whole story of the season so far and of the offensive struggles. Let me read off to you player by player. I'm going to go through it quick, but the difference between, again, where they entered in their careers this season, their batting average with runners in scoring position, and where they are entering today, not including tonight. Here we go. Xander Bogarts, and I'll I'll list his numbers so you get the idea. 284 before this season with runners in scoring position in his career. This season, 215. That's a 69-point difference. Keep going down the differences. Matt Carpenter is 104 points below where he was entering this season. Jake Cronenworth, 108 below. Nelson Cruz, 23 below. Trent Grisham, 93 below. Hassan Kim, 39 below. Manny Machado, 98 below. Austin Nola, 245 below. Rugnet Odor is up. He's plus 52 in the points in the average with runners in scoring position compared to the rest of his career. Juan Soto, minus 53, 53 points below. And even Fernando, who has been awesome lately and having a great month of June, He's 95 points below where he was entering this season. So that sort of tells the story, and especially with Manny and and Xander. Manny, 98 points below. His average coming into this season with runners in scoring position, and Bogart, 69. And you look at that ninth inning, and it's just one example in a long game, in a long season. But with Bogart's at the plate, the game tied at three in the ninth inning, Soto on second, Manny on first. You're not always going to deliver in those spots, but the Padres need base hits in those spots in games like this from guys like Xander Bogarts, and he grounded out back to the mound. I mean, that's just a good example of what has been a major problem. The Padres need big hits in spots like that, late in these games, middle of these games, early in these games. I tweeted out something earlier the Padres have had, and Let's let's be real. Fernando has been caught stealing and got himself picked off third base in two of these games, but they've had him on second base in the first inning, four straight games, including tonight, and they haven't scored him. He's the leadoff guy. They haven't scored him with Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth due up after him. So again, these are just a, a couple of illustrations of the problems, and this is something that if you follow the team all year, you know it. I'm not breaking any news to you, but um, they've got to be better in those scenarios. They have to be if this team is going to get to the postseason. And to this point, they have not been good enough in those scenarios. They have not been good enough night to night. And it just has not clicked for whatever reason. Let's tell you about our play of the game. 
What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. CU.org. Fernando sends this one in the air to deep center field. Matos is back at the wall, looking up. Gonna go! Fernando Tatis Jr. His 15th home run of the season, his third hit of the night. Padres get that run right back. It's 3-1. to one. Fernando Tatis Jr., his 15th home run of the season. In the fifth inning, a solo shot made it 3-1. to one. That was a good moment for the Padres tonight. The problem, that was the last run the Padres scored, and the Giants scored four in the game. Padres lose 4-3, to three, but certainly another good evening for Fernando Tatis Jr. Three hits, the home run, two runs scored. He is in the midst of a stellar month of June. We'll have more on Fernando's June numbers in our pregame show tomorrow, so uh, stay tuned for that tomorrow. You can keep listening to the, to, to the station all the way until uh, 5.45 p.m. tomorrow if you want. All right, let's uh, wrap things up here with the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. Everything has gone final in the major leagues today. Braves beat the Phillies 4-2. Orioles over the Rays 8-6. Royals beat the Tigers 1-0 in Detroit. Blue Jays blank the Marlins 2-0 in Miami. Yankees over the Mariners 3-1 in New York. Cardinals beat the Nationals 9-3 in D.C. Cubs beat the Pirates 4-0 in Pittsburgh. Reds over the Rockies 8-6 in Cincinnati. The Reds have won 10 in a row. They keep on rolling. Guardians beat the A's in 10-3-2. Red Sox over the Twins 10-4 in Minnesota. Brewers beat the Diamondbacks 7-5 in Milwaukee. Astros over the Mets 4-2 in Houston. White Sox beat the Rangers 7-6 in Chicago on a very controversial replay call at home plate in the eighth inning. If you haven't seen this, you should. Jonah Heim was called for a uh, blocking the plate violation. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. He was not blocking the plate, and I don't know what catchers are supposed to do. Go look at it. Tell me what you think on social media. White Sox win it 7-6. And by the way, on that replay overturn where they allowed the runs to count because Heim was apparently blocking the plate, White Sox won it. That was their seventh run, 7-6, the final in that one. And the Dodgers beat the Angels 2-0 in Anaheim earlier tonight. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Tuesday in the Major Leagues. Taking a look ahead to tomorrow. And before I get to tomorrow's starting pitching matchup, earlier today it was TBA for the Giants as far as uh, as far as their starter for tomorrow. We knew that as of a couple of days ago. I'm just trying to check on social media here to see if there's been any update to uh, who the Giants are throwing tomorrow. So give me a second here. Before we get off here, I don't want to leave you with uh, wrong information. All right, I don't see a starting pitcher here. I'm checking uh, some of the reporters here. See if anybody tweeted anything out. I know this is not great radio, but it's 1045 at night. So you know what? We do things a little bit differently here on the postgame show. And you know what? Good thing I checked. Because tomorrow, according to MLB.com, it will be right-hander Ryan Walker on the mound for the Giants. So it appears it will be another bullpen game tomorrow for the Giants, unless that's just an opener and there will be a bulk guy. But anyway, it'll be a bullpen game because, remember, Walker pitched yesterday, started the game yesterday for the Giants at a bullpen game. So it does seem like it will be some version of a bullpen game tomorrow for San Francisco. So for the Giants, Ryan Walker, the starter, and San Diego will throw right-hander Yu Darvish. Same time, same place. First pitch at 645, and our Water SoCal Padres pregame show begins at 545. Taking a look at the final totals in game two of this four-game set. For the Giants, 
Four runs, eight hits, one error. They left on seven. For the Padres, three runs, ten hits, no errors. They left on ten. Winning pitcher Tyler Rogers, who improves to two and four. Losing pitcher Nick Martinez, who drops to three and three. Time of game, two hours, 40 minutes in the crowd at Oracle Park in San Francisco, 32,060. As always, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen to any or all of it on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For a great studio coordinator, Nick DiNucci, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long and good night. Again, the final score, the San Francisco Giants 4 and the San Diego Padres 3. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Padres Radio Network.